Section 39 of China, Japan, and the Islands of the Pacific. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The World's Story, Volume 1. China, Japan, and the Islands of the Pacific. Edited by Ava March Tappan. Section 39. How the Khan Sent His Messages by Marco Polo. Now you must know that from this city of Cambaluc proceeded many roads and highways, leading to a variety of provinces, one to one province, another to another, and each road receives the name of the province to which it leads, and it is a very sensible plan. And the messengers of the emperor, in travelling from Cambaluc, be the road whichsoever they will, find at every twenty-five miles of a journey a station which they call Yam, or, as we should say, the horse post-house. And at each of these stations, used by the messengers, there is a large and handsome building for them to put up at, in which they find all the rooms furnished with fine beds and all other necessary articles in rich silk and where they are provided with everything they can want. If even a king were to arrive at one of these, he would find himself well lodged. At some of these stations, moreover, there shall be posted some four hundred horses, standing ready for the use of the messengers. At others, there shall be two hundred, according to the requirements, and to what the emperor has established in each case at every twenty-five miles, as I said, or anyhow at every thirty miles, you find one of these stations, on all the principal highways leading to the different provincial governments. And the same is the case throughout all the chief provinces subject to the great Khan. Even when the messengers have to pass through a roadless tract, where neither house nor hostel exists, Still there, the station-houses have been established just the same, excepting that the intervals are somewhat greater, and the day's journey is fixed at thirty-five to forty miles, instead of twenty-five to thirty. But they are provided with horses and all the other necessaries, just like those we have described, so that the emperor's messengers, come they from what region they may, find everything ready for them. And in sooth, this is a thing done on the greatest scale of magnificence that ever was seen. Never had emperor, king, or lord such wealth as this manifests. For it is a fact that on all these posts taken together there are more than three hundred thousand horses kept up specially for the use of the messengers and the great buildings that I have mentioned are more than ten thousand in number, all richly furnished, as I told you. The thing is on a scale so wonderful and costly that it is hard to bring one's self to describe it. But now I will tell you another thing that I had forgotten, but which ought to be told whilst I am on the subject. You must know that by the great Khan's orders there has been established between these post-houses, at every interval of three miles, a little fort with some forty houses round about it, in which dwell the people who act 
as the emperor's foot-runners. Every one of those runners wears a great wide belt set all over with bells, so that as they run the three miles from post to post, their bells are heard jingling a long way off. And thus, on reaching the post, the runner finds another man similarly equipped and all ready to take his place, who instantly takes over whatsoever he has in charge, and with it receives a slip of paper from the clerk, who is always at hand for the purpose. And so the new man sets off and runs his three miles. At the next station he finds his relief ready in like manner, and so the post proceeds with a change every three miles. And in this way the emperor, who has an immense number of these runners, receives dispatches with news from places ten days' journey off in one day and a night, or if need be, news from a hundred days off in ten days and nights, and that is no small matter. In fact, in the fruit season, many a time fruit shall be gathered one morning in Kambaluk, and the evening of the next day it shall reach the great Khan at Shandu, a distance of ten days' journey. The clerk at each of the posts notes the time of each courier's arrival and departure, and there are often other officers whose business it is to make monthly visitation of all the posts, and to punish those runners who have been slack in their work. The emperor exempts these men from all tribute, and pays them besides. Moreover, there are also at those stations other men equipped similarly with girdles hung with bells, who are employed for expresses, when there is a call for great haste in sending dispatches to any governor of a province, or to give news when any baron has revolted, or in any other such emergencies. And these men travel a good two hundred or two hundred and fifty miles in the day, and as much more in the night. I'll tell you how it stands. They take a horse from those at the station, which are standing ready saddled, all fresh and in wind, and mount and go at full speed as hard as they can ride, in fact. And when those at the next post hear the bells, they get ready another horse, and a man equipped in the same way, and he takes over the letter, or whatever it may be, and is off full speed to the third station, where again a fresh horse is found already. And so the dispatch speeds along from post to post, always at full gallop with regular change of horses. And the speed at which they go is marvelous. By night, however, they cannot go so fast as by day, because they have to be accompanied by footmen with torches, who could not keep up with them at full speed. Those men are highly prized, and they could never do it, did they not bind hard the stomach, chest, and head with strong bands, and each of them carries with him a gerfalcon tablet, in sign that he is bound on an urgent express, so that if perchance his horse break down, or he meet with other mishap, whomsoever he may fall in with on that road, he is empowered to make dismount and give up his horse. Nobody dares refuse in such a case, so that the courier hath always a good fresh nag to carry him. Now all these numbers of post-horses cost the emperor nothing at all, and I will tell you the how and the why. Every city or village or hamlet 
that stands near one of those post stations has a fixed demand made on it for as many horses as it can supply and these it must furnish to the post and in this way are provided all the posts of the cities as well as the towns and villages round about them only in uninhabited tracts the horses are furnished at the expense of the emperor himself nor do the cities maintain the full number say of four hundred horses always at their station but month by month two hundred shall be kept at the station and the other two hundred at grass coming in their turn to relieve the first two hundred and if there chance to be some river or lake to be passed by the runners and horse posts the neighboring cities are bound to keep three or four boats in constant readiness for that purpose end of section thirty nine this recording is in the public domain